House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process in all genres. We are at the interview part of the show. Uh, today we have a... Uh, an author that writes, I, I believe, mainly sci-fi, but we'll talk to him about that. Uh, E.A. Green, who his book here that we've seen, the new one, is A Real Skin. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Ed. How are you guys doing these days? <laughs> well, we're good. We're pretty good. Yeah, so, breathing in and out is a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. So you've got. Um, so tell me about this book, Real Skin. Um, what's the premise behind it? Um, well, Real Skin is my first stab at. I called it a crime thriller, uh, but I actually like one of my fans. They said it is a cyberpunk crime thriller because it does involve androids and stuff. So um, yeah, it's my first stab at it. I just happened to be watching the news a while back and saw where a group of firefighters had to go to a storage unit. And for some reason, the idea popped in my head, let's go dark with it, just think of what they might have found. <laughs> and so when I kind of started thinking about it, I was like, you know what, that'd make a great book. Wow, there you go. Well, so how do you create the characters and stuff in it? Like, where does that come from? Is it people you kind of know or people you've met? Um, no, actually, my characters just kind of pop in my head. Now, not to say that, let's say I'll remember something a friend might have said or did or, you know, different phrases from life from other people. I do work that in. So, yeah, they do have a human aspect of people I know. But most of my characters are pretty much just generic and they just pop in my head. Um, this is the first character, though, that has never done that. Um, I was going to put my best friend in one of my books, and the book I was going to put him in, he pretty much dies right off the bat, and he wasn't going to have that. So I decided to put him into this book, and he uh, plays Detective Jer Jefferson. Wow. Give him a promotion. Yep. <laughs> uh, so... So what is um, real skin and fake skin? Like, what do you mean by that with the title? Well, um, you're going to meet a serial killer in the book. And the serial killer collects skin samples, but they, they don't know that just yet when they find that's what's inside the uh, storage unit. Is basically those little light boxes you see where they put x-rays in front of. Well, he has little bitty microscopic slides with a skin sample on each slide with a date. And so that's what they find. And throughout the book, you're going to hear advertisements from AWRS, Androids with Real Skin. And so while he's uh, doing his detective work, I throw these in periodically because at the end of the book, they're going to have a value. You're going to find out just how involved this company is. And so what the company is doing is at this time they sell sex dolls. And they have somehow mastered it to where their dolls actually have real skin, not latex. Wow. So 
so now the idea of the serial killer um how do you how do you create a serial killer like the mo and all that how do you put that together in a story like this well when he started selecting keeping skin samples that's his trophies and so um got to think well what's he doing with the body what's he doing with the person you know so I had to come up with an idea, and that's where Androids with Real Skin come in. And so down the road, you'll find out that, that uh, he has something to do with this company and what he's doing with the rest of the skins. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my publisher says I've got issues. <laughs> oh. There we go. There we go. Nothing if they like don't that. say that, there's something wrong. I think. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's uh, quite the quite the story. Now, is this made so that um, you can have sequels to this book, or is this kind of it? Does it all clearly end in the book? Well, I'll let this out for those that are listening. Um, the book ends as if that's it. There's no more. But um, there are going to be sequels. I've got two planned. Cool. Oh, it was all a dream. In, well, in a sense, you, you, I don't want to give the ending away, but you're going to be wondering what the hell happened to the detective. We're just going to leave that in the air. And you don't know the end of truly whether he's still with us or not. Oh, one of those. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's really good. Now, um, you've written quite a few other books so far. Um what do you mainly write about? Well, I'm I'm an author that I refuse to pick a genre. I do not want to be put in a box. So what I'm doing currently is if an idea pops in my head, I write the story, and then once it's said and done with, then I pick which genre it fits in. And um, so right now I've got horror, thriller, sci-fi, crime detective. Um, I even have a children's series. Oh, that fits. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so you're just kind of an all-around writer. It doesn't really matter. Um, do, you, do you put themes in your book that, uh, like, when you write these stories, whether it's crime or sci-fi or whatever category it goes in, horror, um, do you have something you want people to get out of the book besides the story? Is there something else going on? Um, wow. I want to say from my novels, probably not. My children's series, um, I've done some videos, and I leave little quirks of tidbits for the kids to realize, you know, like be nice, you know, who you're treating and uh, to show respect these days because that seems to be lacking a lot. So I do have that kind of a theme going in my children's series, but most of my other ones, no, I'm not really trying to get a message or a theme out there in them. They're just a great book to read with, you know, I'm not trying to gain anything extra out of it than other a fan. Right. So what, what book has had the most impact on you that you've written? Well, um, Right now, the one I think has the biggest impact on me is my first one, 
um, it's called Year of the Cicada. Um, it is probably, well, I'm going to say it is. It's my most graphic novel. It even comes with a warning. So ever since the day I wrote that, that, that novel, I'm just waiting for it to get out there enough because I'm expecting it to be quite controversial. So what do you mean, just because it's so graphic, or is there some, some theme to it that's controversial? Well, it's extremely graphic for uh, sex, adult situations, language. There's taboo subject matter in it, and that's what I'm expecting really to get hit back with. Um, one of the main characters in the book is actually a pedophile, and so I state that in the warning that, um, you know, I'm not writing this to lift pedophiles up. You know, I'm not doing anything to highlight them. I just want them to understand this character is just a character. But it gets pretty extreme because that's the character that it seems that when most people start to read this book, they have to stop. They can't make it past that character. Um, a lot of my friends and family that have finished the book love it. They're just ecstatic over it. But I expect that that character is the one that's probably going to draw me some heat. Well, so is that is that because that he is a pedophile, or is it maybe in the way that you write it? Like, what what do you think will draw draw the heat? Um, I think what's going to draw the heat is I do get graphic. I don't get to the point to where I'm trying to write erotic or anything like pornographic about him. Right. But when you start reading it, you have a full idea of what this guy's up to. There, there's no guessing. Mm -hmm. I, I, it, all that comes out. You're going to learn what he's doing, how he's doing it, what, how it affects him. So there's going to be a lot of emotional insight into this character that seems to be the wall that everybody hits when those that can't finish the book. Yeah. Well, what made you go to write such a book like that? Like, what was what was your thought process behind that? Like, why? Because, um, you know, we all get ideas and we all have thoughts about writing and stuff like that. But to actually sit down and write it, do you have something you want it to get across then? or? No. Um, it was my – it's being my first book. Um, I'll be honest with you guys. The reason I wrote it is I got jealous. I have a family member who is a best-selling author that I did not know, and I had always planned to be the first, and I found out I'm not. And I got jealous of her, and I said, okay, that's it. You know, we, I, I was supposed to be the first writer. And so after I started in on the book, I actually contacted her. Um, and I'll just give her a shout-out. She's A.A. Dark, or Jennifer Bradley. And uh, she writes erotica. And I wanted, what's the best advice you can give me for this book? And the best advice she told me was, you write it no matter what, bad language and all. You let them be who they are. And afterwards, if the publisher or anybody has an issue with it, they'll come to you about it. But she explained to me that if I'm too worried what I'm trying to write and say, I'm never going to achieve the kind of book that needs that, you know, I, I'm writing as a writer. I'm just going to cut myself short. And so I basically took her advice, and I dropped all walls, and I let my characters speak and say, and 
do the things that are into in that book, and it is. It ended up being quite graphic. But um, at this point, I'm actually pleased with it because I don't know if it's my best work as a writer, but it is my largest novel to date. So, and it is my first. It'll always be my baby. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. So, so what do you like to read yourself? Um, I grew up reading. Let's see. Some of my first books was Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. As a kid, I was reading Poe probably by the third grade. Um, King, I love King. Uh, Piers Anthony, uh, Terry Brooks, Gene M. Owl, uh, Clan of the Cave Bear. So I've got that literally, I just kind of, I'm not really, if I'm stuck to a genre to be King, he's probably my biggest author that I read the most. But I try not to just get stuck with the genre. And I want to try and branch out and read other books. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you plan on doing with it then? You, you you plan on going further into writing and doing a lot more writing? I have another 21 story ideas sitting already on the shelf that I've already created the covers for. Almost every one of them, I've got the beginning and the ending already planned out. And so, yes, I, I'm actually, I've decided I was not sure if I wanted to do this as a career, but I realized that if I don't tell all these stories in my head while I'm still here, they'll never be told the way I can tell them. And so, yeah, my plans are to just spend the rest of my life writing. Mm. Yeah, it's quite a it's quite a life doing that. Um, what, so, how do you feel about um, you know, um, being out in public and that, and and uh, reviews and fans and all that stuff like that. Do you have a good interaction with people? I didn't really get a chance to do that. I'm really so new to this that by the time it reached the point I had enough uh, foundation to go out into the public, we got shut down. Mm-hmm. And so I haven't had a chance to do any book signings. I haven't had a chance to go out and meet people. None of that. Um, I love fans, and when it comes to reviews, I'm all for them, whether they're good or bad. Um, My only stickler is, if you didn't read the book, don't leave a review. I'm not one of those that just want to, you know, I'm starting to see a lot of people will pay for reviews. Well, you're paying for someone to read it. I mean, give you a review, you're not paying someone to read your book. And... Okay, yeah, you got great reviews, but if nobody's read your book and talking about it, then at that point you're cutting your throat. And so I I just, I'm not one of those that want to pay for reviews. I just want an open and honest review from people that read the book. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. That's the way to do it. Wow. So at, at the end of, so with real skin, when people read that book, when someone picks it up and reads it, um, what do you want them to take home? I'm hoping they will take home that the time they get done, they're just going to sit there and think, wow, what a great writer. That's my issue with myself is I don't have enough feedback to know if I'm really good at this or not. Uh, the feedback I've gotten, not only from friends and family, I've got feedback from my publisher and a handful of authors. And so far, it's all been great, but I'm not really 
out there in the real world just yet. You know, I, I so, um, I just have my doubts. I have my self-doubts. So that does affect my writing because when my self-doubt gets bad enough, I just have a hard time sitting at the computer. So I just have to grasp onto what I've already got because so far everything's been positive, and I have to hang on to that. Yeah, yeah, you know, it takes time. It takes a lot of time. It's, it's You shouldn't worry about that. Just focus on what you're doing and um, and writing. Um, that's that's all that matters, you know. Don't, don't well, I'm finding out from what I'm getting feedback is that my writing is actually quite unusual. Um, a lot of writers, when you start a sentence, it has the um, capital word or, you know, like states or names are capitalized. But I'm one of these writers that if my character is upset, then I might capitalize everything they're saying because they're stressing that. And I want my reader to understand they're upset. And I'll even go as far as to put it in full capitalization as if they're really upset and yelling and doing that. And I'm starting to find out that when people start to read my books, at first it's offsetting because they're wondering why, but most of them, by the time they get done, they realize that's what I'm doing. I don't want you to just read my character's emotional. I want you to feel that while you're reading it. Yeah, Kurt Vonnegut did that in a lot of his books. <laughs> I was just accused of being, I was told I'm, that's so Vonnegut of you, because I actually wrote myself into Father May I, which is in the future. I wrote one of my children's bedtime story books, is one of the characters' favorites when they were a kid. <laughs> Very cool. Wow. Um, so, 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 what do you? What would you classify your writing style like then? Would you um, have some sort of a description of that, or? I don't know how to play. Unusual is what I'm starting to find out that most people don't do that. And when I think back, a lot of the books I read, they didn't do that, and so. I don't want to say it's off-putting, and I don't know how to really put it, but like he said, you know, Vonnegut did that, which to me, that's a compliment, because to me, that man was a serious writer. I love that man and his writing. Yeah. I'm still just getting into his writing, but um, I find that to be an extremely high compliment, so I'm hoping that if that's what everybody else starts to see and realize, I don't mind that. So how much of the process are, are you taking on yourself? You said you, you've, you're, you're dealing with a publisher. Um, so so what's, what's your day-to-day -day process? Um, my day-to-day -day process right now is basically because I'm probably one of the brokest people you'll ever meet. I spend my day promoting, designing, editing, creating my own covers. I'm trying to do as much as I can to keep it as professional as I can and um, just stay busy and do my best to write because um, it keeps my mind off all these other things. Yeah, I guess it would. Um, so, wow, that's interesting. Um, so how did you get to writing all of these, like when you do horror and serial killer and stuff, stuff like that, but also doing children, children's book. Where, where does that come from? I had never planned to go that route. A children's book or series, any of that, 
was probably so far on left field I couldn't even see it. Hmm. And but when I like poetry, uh, that's why I first got into writing, which seems to be a lot of us from what I understand. And I started writing that back in high school. Well, one day I had this little character pop into my head, and I started doing a rhyme about it. And I thought, you know, that would be a great children's book series, because I'm trying to keep the rhyme simple. The books are rhyme, rhyming. Um, they're created for those parents who might happen to have a Wednesday or Pugsley living under their roof. Um, it's those kind of creepy books that you would definitely have seen the Adams read on the series. And so each book has a quite a unique character told in rhyme. And also each book comes with a short story to help introduce the young reader to the scariers and more story, the scarier stories that have a lot more meat to them. And so I, it, it was just an accident. And now I've already completed three and I've got three more planned. And to be honest, I think that's probably one of my favorite things here in my writing is that unexpected uh, children's series that's coming out of this. Wow. It's pretty interesting. Kind of fun. Yeah. 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 Quite a, quite a, an array of, of styles. Um, wow. So that's great. Um, so where do you see yourself going in the next five years? Like where do you, what books do you, you, do you see coming out next? Is it going to stay in the same, same forms of, of these stories or you got something different on uh, coming up? Um, my next book is completely nothing like I've written. It's my first stab at romance. Um, I'm actually, I, I love the song Delta Dawn by Tanya Tucker. <laughs> and I've decided one day, you know, nobody's really ever told that gal story. And so that's what I'm currently working on. It's called Delta Dawn. And it's about a uh, young gal that grows up in the late 1800s to the early 1920s. And you get to find out all about her and living on the Mississippi River and growing up um, with the uh, steamboats and the gambling boats and what happens to her. Like the uh, song says, she meets a, a surly man, a man that, you know, you really don't want your daughter near. And so um, I'm taking my first stab at it, and it is a little different. And I'm, uh, I think the biggest thing is because it's over, I'm going back over 100 years, is I have to really be careful because I've caught myself more than once describing something they're doing and realizing they can't do that because the technology didn't exist for them to do that. And so that's my biggest thing right now is separating myself from today's world and technology and trying to grasp something I've only read and seen in movies. Yeah, you know, you have to do a lot of research when you're doing timepieces. You have to really take your time and uh, go back and, and find out what, you know, how people were, how they lived, how they talked. You know, it's important. Or you yes, be I, I find that really important. I, I stress that I do a lot of research on my books to begin with, especially if they're in a certain area. Then I research that I want, if I'm going to be in that area, and let's say it's around today, I want the people reading the book to recognize that area. And so that's what I'm doing right now with Delta is I'm, I'm researching like I can, because like you said, they have different thoughts, different speaking, different things they did for fun. 
So it's it's really this is probably the most research I've ever had to do for a book. Wow. Um, so now, do you have a website of your own or a place that people can come find you? Um, right now, I've got between Facebook, Instagram, like everybody else, Twitter, uh, Tumblr, WordPress, Goodreads. I've got a YouTube channel where I do my videos and read from my books. Um, I all over Google. If you Google EA Green, you're gonna find every possible link out there related to me. Fantastic. Um, I just don't have my own personal web page yet. That takes a little bit of money, from what I'm understanding. So I'm not quite there yet to set something like that up. Yeah. Well, one day soon, you know. Yes. Um, we will have your books, and I'll have some of your pages up on our website as well, so people listening can find you real easy. Um, and yeah, so that's great. Um, um, our guest has been uh, E.A. Green, and the book we talked about was Real Skin and some of his other writing. Um, thanks for being here. Thank you, Alan. Mike, I appreciate it. Great stuff. To find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. The mission has been completed. The end! By George, he's got it! It is the end! I'll see you. If you're lying to me, I'll be back. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. 